Welcome back to Two Slant Trees, the podcast where a married couple discuss a book together. And this week, it has been, a, we've been gone for like, I don't know, is it a been a week and a half that we have so, been released? Yeah. Well, we've had Christmas and New Year's. So. And all during lockdown. Yeah. How does it feel to be not having seen anybody for like two weeks? Um, I guess we've seen yeah, people I've seen at the people. park. Yeah, I've seen people at the park. We had like endless Zoom calls on Christmas Day. It's true. Which is fun. I'm feeling Actually, trapped. <laughs> yeah. I guess I take the kids to the park. Yeah. I know, but I go to have fresh air. So. I want to I want to go places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. Actually, we, it was really nice at the park today because it's New Year's Day, so nobody's working. Yeah. And nobody's traveling because it's mm-hmm. lockdown. Mm-hmm. So you just you regularly see your neighbors at the park. Yeah. Which is kind of fun. I feel like it, it's not enough to make recommend pandemics i still want my money back on this <laughs> pandemic but it is nice to kind of see the neighbors regularly, regularly and yeah. it's like yeah in a regular year we'd like yeah we just leave and they'd leave they'd be in like mexico and we'd be in ontario or you know yeah but so we are getting to know our neighbors better yeah. Yeah. um but i guess leading up to christmas we were talking about pure pleasure and advent and all that kind of stuff right so you probably know that you know november 1st we started playing Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, and there was a lot of Christmas music and festivities happening in our house. We had, like, our weekly Advent feasts, and... Um, we even had a post-Advent feast. Yeah. We had, we had lamb, which oh, didn't gosh. go over so well. Um, turns out we don't like lamb. Um, Willie can tolerate it, but I... And I'm opening cupboards and getting whiffs of this every once in a while. That's a stanky animal. just... Anyways, but biblical. <laughs> very, very biblical. Um, one I would not like to participate in. <laughs> so, but back to my point, it, Boxing Day arrives and I'm like, no more Christmas music. <laughs> I just was sick of it. <laughs> yeah. And Jack was like, mom, mom, <laughs> do you not love Jesus? You, do you want to stop celebrating his birthday? You don't love baby Jesus' birthday. Are you tired of Jesus' birthday? <laughs> he still says it. I'm like... Hey, he knows. He it. knows it gets to <laughs> um, But I guess I have learned my lesson. And two full months of Christmas, while it seems nice at the time, it I think there's something to be said about you know a, a shorter lead up and then the 12 days of enthusiasm instead hmm. of the two months of enthusiasm. And then it's like the next day. Turn- you, <laughs> you have leftovers and your tree's down and everything's down and your children are just standing in shock. <laughs> so won't do that again, I don't think. Well, I'm, I don't know. Quote me next week, next month, yeah. or next year. Likewise. We'll probably won't do a pandemic again. We'll uh, avoid that. As much as we can. So I've been kind of paying attention around me to the themes of the podcast uh, as well over the past while, right? Like even though we haven't been podcasting kind of reading the book and then reflecting on what we've said in the past. So I guess the last episode we talked about uh, loving the world. Yeah. Um, or enjoying it, but not Enjoying the it. world. Yeah. And we're like, oh, do not love the world. Right? Yeah. And then it's like, well, is it the world? Do we love the world? Or do we love the earth? Anyways. You know, can we make that distinction? But I was like, wait a second. John 3.16. For God so loved the world mm-hmm. that he sent his only begotten son. Yes. And so on. So... God loves the world. He does. So that's why, I think that's why I feel uncomplicated about loving the world. I know it says do not love the world, but also God loves the world. Yeah, I think Enough to give his own son, right? So, so it's okay for me to love the world more than my own family. Uh... Maybe that's pushing it. But I think it's, 
it's kind of like those, um, it's kind of like answer a fool according to his folly. Do not answer a fool according to his folly. And if you can't figure this out, just get you're right. a fool. Just get right. Right. The point is worldliness though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think like the, when there's a, when people get tied up in knots about do not love the world and, and can't balance that with the fact that, well, actually God loves the world. Then that's, they just get themselves turned around in circles and start disliking things that God's actually okay with. Yeah, which I think he talks about quite a bit, well, in this book, but he, in this chapter, he talks about a little bit more, right? Yeah. I guess, yeah. Anyways. I find, so we're only in chapter five out of 14, and I'm already starting to feel like it's getting repetitive. And I do not remember if I felt like it was repetitive the first time I read it, or if it was just so interesting and new to me that I or was forgiving. But by now it's like, okay, yes, pleasure is good. We got it. It's from God. Um, and I don't know if there's a, much of a flow to this chapter, but he does kind of talk about... Well, the title he, of the chapter is Party, well, part, like, party Like It's Biblical Times. Yeah. So he gives a few examples of the way, like... Killing the fatted calf. Sure. Yeah. Gives examples from the Bible the of lamb. partying. Ugh. Of partying in the Bible. Um, but so, yeah, that's it. And then he talks, well, the second part, he talks about the tithe that is never taught, which is the best part of this book, I think. Um, but so here, Willie, here's a few quotes that I wanted to discuss that kind of okay. stood out to me. Okay. So this one, he says, feelings can lead us astray. Our appetites may lead us to ruin, and we do need to set some boundaries. But a corresponding challenge threatens us as well. As Christians, we feel so frightened of the decadence that we often denounce desire. Hmm. Um. It stood out to me, but I'm not really sure I know what he means. Like, that we need to pay attention to the desire? Is that kind of what he's saying? Well, I... Hmm. I, I, well, I think he's just saying we have to have some boundaries. Yeah, no, of course. The first but, part he but says... But then I think he, the... he's saying it negatively. Like, sometimes we're so frightened of decadence that we denounce desire, right? So we shouldn't do that. That it's good to pay attention to our desire. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. So don't denounce the desire. Mm-hmm. Or, or, and it's there for a reason. However, we need it needs to be within the correct boundaries. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, that's simple enough. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? Actually, he actually he brings out all sorts of interesting sources like J.I. Packer, C.S. Lewis, Martin Luther, um, J- Jürgen Moltmann. I think it's Jürgen. I don't sure, know. I, I don't probably. Have, Henry uh, Drummond. Yeah. So all these interesting quotes that he has from different people. So it, he actually built this case, I think, by doing that. Yeah. But do you want to do this Henry Drummond Yeah, quote? yeah. So I really like this idea because I think it kind of brings to life a little bit of We just mentioned, we're just like, oh, the Henry Drummond quote. I Who's don't, Henry I've never Drummond? heard of There's him. a footnote in the book, which is helpful. And he was the president of the YMCA oh, okay. in the 1880s. Like, so when like, it was the original YMCA. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. And then the and then I think he invented the YMCA dance. I think that's what he's famous for. <laughs> Probably, um, but then he also it says he was um, he became known for the student movement. So if people who are involved, who have ever read Fired Seeds of Spiritual Awakening, will know <laughs> yeah. about the student movement. Um, and so okay, this is he he brings up the idea of that Christianity is the religion of cities, uh, based on the idea that he, heaven is described as a city. And he quotes this Henry Drummond guy who says, Christianity moves among real things its spheres this its sphere is street the marketplace the working life the world if heaven be a city the life of those who are going there must be real life um so 
can you correct me if I'm on the right track here in my thinking um, or not? I think I think it's totally relevant that the heaven is a city instead of like I don't know eternal dream state or like lucid dreaming or something like that. Um, but I think what he's saying is that we can live a version of heaven on earth, like maybe but maybe more like what Paul says is like in a mirror dimly or like. Um, hmm. Well, I think. I think it's just, like, intention with, like, I think, like, a lot of, like... So, if you look at, like, um, some Christian art, it's a picture of an eagle or, like, a, a cabin in the woods or the wilderness, right? But he's saying, well, actually, like, heaven is going to be full of people. Yeah. And it's full of, like, the things that people do that are fun and enjoyable. I mean, and so I think that would include, like, maybe some whatever the new heavens or the new earth there's probably nature there but probably the principal thing is that there's like a civilization right there's, yeah. a, there's a people of god that are worshiping god and the trees i mean i like trees mm-hmm. not as many as much as some of our listeners but um but they're um the people are going to be the main attraction okay and, and the things that people like are actually going to be there in some form okay Think that yeah, that makes going. sense, and I'm not sure why I think what I was thinking. Oh. What the the well, um, what crazy ideas were you thinking? Well, just well, I don't now. I'm thinking like, what does what does the city heaven have to do with the fact that we can have live heaven on earth? I mean, maybe it's because it is. He's describing something that we can already live here, in a sense. Like I can, I'm live. I currently live in a city. Yeah, yeah, but well, it's also like, that it's, it's not the just better like city, otherworldly and totally deconnected. Foreign, yeah, right, because like other visions of heaven. Like there's Valhalla for the Vikings. I think it's just end of this battle, or there's Nirvana. Yeah. Or like he mentions a few of these other ones that are very like, um, floating Ethereal. in a cloud yeah, kind yeah. of vision of heaven, and that's not actually the Christian view. I think yeah. where it does say that Jerusalem is a city, in the Bible, and that <clears throat> yeah, the New Earth is actually a, a city, and yeah, I think maybe city. I think there's a bit of historical understanding that like city would maybe be more civilization than just straight up like oh a big. Dense crowd, population. Dense yeah. population of people, but it's like the Creative the people ness. that you meet are connected to a community and that you are, okay. you know, you're, but you're not just out surviving with, you know. You're not living on the farm. Well, the farm is connected to people, right? Like it's it's feeding the city, you okay. know. Um, they always like which to is point true. that out. The farmers always like to point that out, that they're, they're feeding the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but and and very few city people have the nerve to say, well, but we... We pay eat your for food. We pay for you, <laughs> right? And, you know, people don't recognize it. Kind of goes both ways. So because you can't the... eat most of what farmers produce, you can't eat, right? Like farmers buy their food at the grocery store just like everyone else. It's true. Except Otherwise, for the milk. Yeah. But the, okay, we're getting I'm, on I'm tangent. Getting well so this quote I also like is kind of related. It says, "Redeemed souls need not wait until heaven to bring enjoying these physical wonders. Our time on earth can be used to learn how how to accept such gifts as br- brilliant evocations from God's mind." The Bible clearly celebrates pleasure, but not just in heaven. It has plenty to say about reserving time and money for pleasure here on earth. Hmm. So that's, I guess, kind of why I connected the idea that, like, we can live aspects of heaven here on earth in a mirror dimly. Yeah. Yeah, and that the the, the things that are fun here are not distractions from heaven, I guess. Yeah. They're a little bit preparation. I think there's, like, there's just so much mystery, I think, about, like, like the what comes after after this life like paul talks about like 
when we have resurrection bodies, like what we have now is like a seed and it will be planted and it will grow. Well, yeah. you, like looking at a seed, you don't necessarily know what the plant's going to look like. Yeah. Um, so that's what we know is like whatever this body, this life is a seed and it's going to grow into what it's supposed to be as a, an eternally living thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a bit beyond our imagination, I think, what's going to happen next. But at the same time, like Jesus was rec- recognizable. Yeah. When he came back from the dead. So we could recognize something of ourselves. So but I think it's just going to be different. Your answer is, who can know? <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be, I think, like, um, it's just going to be more real than what is here, you know? Oh, okay. Now you're getting into your philosoph- philosophy. Well, maybe. I think it's like, um, well, like, what's more enjoyable? Like a picture of chocolate or actually eating some chocolate, right? eating it and so like what's going to be more enjoyable like even the things that we enjoy now well yeah we, we see kind of dimly but then we'll see it for real and we'll see what was actually going on and that's what i'm saying and that's where we're coming together okay i get yeah we're coming together now i hear i feel like this hopefully you too dear listener <laughs> so those are i don't know that's all kind of what i wanted to talk about before we got into the tie that is never taught i don't know if you had any other like insights related to that no no I, yeah i want to get into that where yeah, okay, so he, he, yeah, that's the, the, his sub- subtitle for this is called The Tithe That Is Never Taught. And are you, you're going to explain it, Willie? Oh, I don't know, just read it. Sure. Uh, Deuteronomy 14, roughly, uh, starting in verse 22. It says, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Exchange your tithe for silver, and take the silver with you, and go to the place the Lord your God will choose. Use the silver to buy whatever you like, cattle, sheep, wine, or other fermented drink, or anything you wish. Then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. Take a tenth of what you own. Oh, all your, this is of your production. This isn't just your salary. This is of everything you made, right? This gross. This, yeah, <laughs> um, this is no. This is business income, right? It's not even what you paid out to yourself as a small <laughs> business owner. This is this is this is a lot of uh, this is a lot of money or, or produce or, or whatever. That you know. Um, yeah, and it says, yeah, go, go to the place that God has for you, then buy whatever you like to consume, and then consume it before God. Yeah. So he says, so he's not, like, has anyone ever heard a sermon on this? A sermon on tithing. <laughs> no, on going and party, have a, your party tithe. Yeah. Because uh, I certainly had never I've, heard that before. Yeah. Um, well, I've heard of this before, but I can't remember who told it what to it me. Was I don't him. know, Andy. It was him. It was, I think it he was talked. He spoke. Well, he, yeah. So I think I read this book, and then I then I read the Old Testament again, and I was like, oh, there it is. It's really in there. He didn't just make it up. <laughs> he didn't just make it up. So yeah, I, I looked it up, and um, yeah, it actually within it, it actually says, and remember the priest and the Levite as well. Yeah. So it's like you actually give to them these priests that serve year round. And they get to join in the feast and in yeah. the party. But also Deuteronomy 12.7 talks about um, how when uh, when people enter into the land, um, yeah, they're, they're supposed to enjoy it. You know, sit down, eat, and, and have, have feasts and, and pleasure. With, you know, the things that you enjoy with your family. So I think there's something like this... This idea of spending a tenth of what you have on celebration is really linked to the fact that, like, God has given us or given the Israelites the promised land to live in. Yeah. So they've received this great thing. And so God's saying, hey, like, after I give you this awesome thing, you should give a significant amount of your energy 
to enjoying it. Yeah. And like, obviously for them, it was like, it was salvation for them that they got a land to live in. And that's kind of what I see kind of more, more than just like, oh, spend 10% of all your money on partying. It's spend, spend a significant amount on not just like partying do not forever, forget but, you're but enjoying your life and do well, not no, just labor without it but recognize that you're what you're celebrating is like they were celebrating it's being a, the land that god had given, given to them yeah it's we a were celebrating being in in christ you yeah know, and having the promises of salvation mm-hmm. and having all that and it yeah well, and it their, includes partying partying yeah you know? well they're they have these festivals that are tied to like the, the harvest and the wine harvest or whatever, the olive, all the different ones. I don't know. I remember Tell my Old, Testa- Old Testament to... classes. But like they were usually around those, the harvest times, which is kind of, you know, Thanksgiving traditional. Um, but that was partly when they, the commanded ones were. Um, and so it's a part of the, their, their life cycle or their, I guess, um, liturgical cycle is having these, biblical feasts um but also god i think when we were talking about it before we talked about it this idea of like it's not just for partying and licentiousness right it's not for like days of drunkenness it's for to stop and to observe and to thank god and to enjoy yeah one of the best examples i've seen of this and it's, i don't think it was ever it wasn't intended for this was in our friend Annie and Lonnie's 40-2040 party. Now, they, for those of you, the one person who's listening that doesn't know them, I guess, <laughs> um, they were married when they were 20, and last year they turned 40, right? Yeah. So, But it was the same year they turned 40 that they had their 20th anniversary, so they threw this huge party. And it was fun. They hired a band, and there was food, and there was wine, and... It was a whole shindig, and it was very good. And, was, you know, yeah, they spent money fun. on it. Yeah. And it was really fun. And it was a great way to celebrate a bunch of teenagers getting married and <laughs> staying faithful to each other for 20 years. Children marrying children. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, so one of the things that comes to my mind is, is how many people would say, well, why would you spend that money? Shouldn't you give it to the poor? And shouldn't you be giving it to missions? And that also, well, didn't Judas say that? <laughs> well, he said that, but it's because he was stealing from the, uh-huh. the money but the money basket. I think it's important for us to remember that if we people, like if we're watching people spend significant money, a significant money on enjoying their life, and we have judgments about that, we're being Pharisees. Mm. Yeah, I, but I think... Like, um, I think you got to be careful how you apply those passages. I think there has to be a bit of thoughtfulness to it, right? Because it's not just like, oh, yeah, go spend. It's not just spending it on yourself, right? Because no. for them, it was spending in the promised land. It was thankfulness for the promises that God had fulfilled in their life. And they were living into those promises. So there really was like a, a recognizable act of worship in that. Yeah, That's I where think... I'm bringing like uh, Deuteronomy 12 there. Yeah, um, I think the key part, I mean, so I guess like that, there is, what, so what do you say is the modern application of that then? Well, that's what I'm kind of wondering what is. Like, I think there is a, a, an element of just kind of like sheer exuberant joy at the good things that life has. Like, yeah. Um, Popping champagne on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah, you survived another year. You survived hey. quarantine. 
Yeah. Or yeah, marriages. Um, Anniversaries. Could, yeah, birthdays, people being born, key milestones, and being thankful to God for that. Yeah. But then having like um, proportionality too, right? Because um, like what the Israelites generally were celebrating was the fact that God had given them a place to live. Yeah. Right? And so that we, well, that they got to live in the same land that God lived in. So we celebrate that God has chosen to dwell among us. So I mean, that's Christmas, but I think I would draw, actually draw the connection to actually to like every Sunday at church or any kind of gathered worship service. So back to potlucks. Maybe back to potlucks. <laughs> but I think it's like a bit more, to be a bit more serious about making sure that it's enjoyable. You know? <laughs> so that's not a bad potluck? <laughs> no, not just a potluck, but I think like the whole worship service. Because I think sometimes like church can be kind of like... Too so- sober? Uh, yeah, like the singing is kind of mediocre. And then the sermon is more of a lecture or like just like intellectual rather than like heartfelt. and Or it can feel very negative. Or, or, you know, for a whole bunch of different reasons that are mostly like kind of not deep reasons. You know, it's just like sometimes we just forget to that it's supposed to be enjoyable. Yeah. Right. And so to actually say, oh, no, like this should be there should be an element of this. Yeah, that's serious and somber and confession, you know, that that's a part so of not worship. worship, not just as sacrifice and like endurance, but worship is like <laughs> exuberance. And yeah, yeah. And, and I think that paying that it's OK when people pay attention to what makes it enjoyable. But I think I've been in, I've actually been in churches that, for better or worse, enjoy singing and enjoy, enjoy the worship, you know? Even though it's not good, you mean? Actually, well, we were talking about this just before we came on, but that, would, would you join a new church if, the, if you didn't like the music? Yeah. And I absolutely would. I, if you did not like the music. Yeah, yeah. I, that would make me really want to consider a new church. Oh, yeah. I thought you said... Okay, yeah, so you would not want to jo- go to a church where you could, didn't like the music. Yeah, yeah. Correct, yes. But I've had people be like, oh, that's really shallow. But I was like, well, like, if people aren't singing or not, like, even trying. Yeah, or like, if I, I cannot focus too. because it's terrible. No, it's, I mean, it's, for me, like, I'm a musical person and musical worship is actually very important to me. But, I mean, it's not always what you'd think because we've been to church, we've been to a church where the quality of the presentation of the music was mediocre yet at the same time it was so good i think the the, their the heartfelt, glitz was not there yeah. but i think actually their heartfelt singing was heartfelt good. and actually effort you yeah know? and it takes effort like it takes some that's monetary effort often it takes time that's the biggest one to make something that that is good yeah you know um yeah to make a choir Choir doesn't cost much money, but everyone has to show up to practice, right? Yeah. Um, so okay, yeah. one of the things but that he goes back to, like he's, I, I'm on so, a sorry, I'm on a I'm on a tangent sure. here, sure, because I think Keep that's tangenting. that's one where I think I think um, I think sometimes people are very nervous around church worship or church services if they're well done. You know, some people or, are. or they're or they they use that to judge the way other people would do it. So like if you like, yeah, I mean, some churches meet like in a high school gym or in like a in a warehouse or something. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's good reasons for doing that. I think there's people, what you're saying is there's well, there's people who either love the Hillsong kind of big production yeah, or yeah. don't and both and often make fun of the big Hillsong production yeah, yeah, because yeah. they're so involved. Yeah. But like. 
I mean, yeah, I guess mockery is not a Christian virtue, I guess. But singing loudly actually you happens in the Bible. very strongly about singing loudly. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Um, but, like, but actually, it's come up over and over in different church history. Like, that Protestants railed against the Catholics because their churches were so fancy and so beautiful. And, yeah, maybe they did spend too I used much to money. think the same thing. But now that we, go, we attend a church that has been inside Anglican churches, like, we rent an Anglican church... I cannot go back to those like 1990s, 1980s built like pink carpet churches. You probably can't go back to the 1980s just for the simple reason that it was 40 years ago. Be quiet. <laughs> um, I just really love staring at those windows. Mm. I really, it, it is, it, it evokes worship for mm. me now. And those other old buildings just do not. But they remind me of, I don't know, the 1990s in church. Yeah. So, kind of what, what I maybe was maybe that's saying, what he's responding to a lot here too, though, right? That well, some whatever happened in the '90s when this book maybe came out. No, this or, became it was not in the '90s. This came oh, out in the thousand, definitely the thousands. Which thousand? Oh nine. Oh nine. Okay, but he's an older author, so maybe he saw like the worst things than we saw. Yeah. Because <laughs> as children, we had zero taste. So uh, he, he just I think every chapter he does talk about. He does bring like remind us of balance, because he says. Um, he talks about Luke seven thirty four, you know, where Jesus was accused of being a drunkard and a glutton. Um, and that Jesus obviously enjoyed myself or himself to the point where people thought he was inappropriate, but that is also in comparison to him surviving a 40 day fast. So, you know, he wasn't just all about, he wasn't either extreme. He wasn't just this ascetic 40-day fast, you know, man does not live on bread alone, but then also not, like, party-hardy all the time. Yeah, yeah, he had range. He could do both. <laughs> range, yes. <laughs> so he also points out, like, that Paul, I guess, just like Jesus was... I was going to say Paul who, but the Apostle Paul? The Apostle. He, he quotes a lot of people. And he... <laughs> Paul and Ringo. Um, no, that Paul probably would have been on the side of being too permissive as well um as well i'm saying as jesus who was like often con confused for being like a little on the sketchy side um yeah he says based on yeah first timothy 4 3 that um compared to the absolute pro prohibited pro prohibited prohibitionist there we go um and you know I like that. I like the idea of limits pushing, which is not what we're doing. We're not pushing limits, but... Not on this podcast, at least. <laughs> on our other podcast, <laughs> the secret one we haven't told you about. It's not a thing. Um, anyways, so live your best life now. Is that our message? <laughs> I think, well, party like it's biblical times, right? Like use the biblical models for partying of like, the olive we, have, we have received good things and we should celebrate it mm -hmm. and be happy about it. And I think even, like obviously a dynamic during lockdown is that everything kind of feels like, I that's less enjoyable. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you want to call this lockdown, but whatever, like the pandemic. In travel, Quebec, it doesn't we feel can't have, yeah. can't have as much fun. Can't be with other Everything's people. a lot harder to make it work. Um, so yeah, for whether it's church or Christmas parties or whatever, that you still... 
it's still worth it to invest to make a, a celebration for the things that that should be celebrated yeah. you know what that's people that's what god has done for us that's the the world that god gives us to live in that yeah have fun <laughs> i guess and it's okay to spend your money on it yeah 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 making making an investment to actually have fun yeah it's commanded by the lord well, that is it, all we have for you this week, and we are hoping to continue putting out maybe more, more than one a week, or else this will take until forever to get through. So um, join us here, probably we'll drop another one on Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. and have an enjoyable, pleasure-filled week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>